Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast from Melfuzz TV. I am Pierre, and I'm joined by Tim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. You, you got it, good job. <laughs> very sure of yourself there, Tabby. That was a very smug acknowledgement of your name. Mm, I don't know a lot, but I know my own name. That is true. You do know. I, 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 I'm, I'm fairly certain you know your own name. You do seem to hesitate a little bit whenever I uh, introduce you. Like, oh, wait, that's me. Yes, that's right, Tim. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talk about horror movies on this show, and coming up on this show, we are talking about. I still know what you did last summer. You do. <laughs> and this is actually a Patreon vote winner for the month. We had a summer theme. And funnily enough, I believe... Wait, this wasn't... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got confused for a second because I thought you were saying this is a Patreon pick, but I was like, wait, I thought this was a vote, and I forgot the vote is from Patreon, so... <laughs> Where did you think the vote came from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought you just kind of voted. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yes, every month on patreon.com slash TV, our $5 and up patrons get to vote between four movies. There was a summer theme. And funnily enough, uh, the reason why I still know what we did last summer is in the vote and not the first one is because the first one won the summer vote last year. So, oh, really? Yeah, that, <laughs> it's that's a two time winner. Yeah, that's when we did I Know What We Did last summer because it won the vote with the summer uh-huh. theme last year. So, they they wanted us to complete the twosome. I mean, there's actually a third one that was directed video that mm-hmm. didn't, didn't have mm-hmm. any this, the cast in it or anything like that. So maybe next mm-hmm. year they'll make us do that one. I'll put it in the vote because yeah. <laughs> they keep the joke if going. I, I don't know if our patrons are feeling a bit cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, I watched this uh which you know if anyone uh hasn't seen it yet and they want to uh all three movies are available on crackle.com oh. which <laughs> i didn't even realize uh, was a thing uh and then i signed up for it and i was like oh wow this is like a lot of free movies and then uh yeah the service was not great <laughs> it froze on me a couple of times you have to watch ads but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all right. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Crackle is owned by Sony, and they own this movie, it is, so yeah. I, I guess that makes sense. Oh, that... uh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because well, Columbia, Columbia, Sony. Um, mm. so, uh, so this Spider-Man and Men in Black. That's your okay. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they have Ghostbusters, I suppose. So they have one big like real thing to them. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Pardon yeah, because Spider Man's not a big thing. <laughs> okay, well, Spider Man is, but it's not. They didn't create Spider Man. They just mm, locked out and I got the know. rights. <laughs> they got the rights, damn it. Uh, so yeah, so we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. I still know what we did last summer. I guess we have to kind of spoil the first one, even talk about the premise of this one, just because it deals with who survived oh, yeah. <laughs> and who That's didn't. True. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. survived the first one, the uh, all-star romance couple. Um, and mm-hmm. they uh, are living separately just now. She's in college, uh, whereas he's working on his boats. Uh, he's like a fisherman, because it was like a fisherman fishing town that they lived in. And they are having a hard time. But her friend, uh, played by uh, Brandy, uh, Carla, mm-hmm. she... She keeps encouraging her to date this new guy well, and then they win a trip, all expenses paid, to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And via a radio like call-in thing, where the, radio, where the radio show calls you. You don't call into the radio show, the radio show calls yeah. you. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a real thing. I guess it must be because, uh, you know, I feel like you've seen this kind of thing happen like multiple times on like sitcoms or yeah. TV shows. Obviously not really like a thing anymore, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird thing. It just seems like <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Especially like I understand calling in, but yeah, just randomly calling someone else is weird. Yeah, especially when they established in the previous scene that their number was unlisted, which I guess is a clue yeah. that something's fishy. Because <laughs> it is fishy. We find out more details about this later. But, you know, like, so they had to go to Bahamas. But, of course, the killer from the first movie never actually died. He's stalking, he's hunting mm-hmm. her down uh, with his hook once again on mm-hmm. this tropical island, which, for the record, is going to be its off-season, which is, like, the, re- the one weekend it's going to have storms because it's their version of, like, winter. Uh so they're miserable about that, which is probably how the killer uh, aff- could afford to get all these tickets to send them on this oh, trip. That's true, yeah. because it's because it's the it's the bad season. Yeah, the hotel was probably cheap for the couple of days. Well, we're already spoiling a little bit, saying that the killer got him tickets. Oh come on! <laughs> Fine, I apologize. I apologize if anyone feels spoiled by that revelation. So you know what's funny is uh, I couldn't remember if I had seen this before or not. Uh, but then as soon as the radio contest called them, like I got like a flood of memories oh, yeah. like pouring into my brain. And I was like, oh no, I have seen this before. <laughs> it's the Bahamas one. Uh, no. <laughs> Actually, so, I mean, I guess I'll ask here then. Uh, I guess that's your, your premise with a little bit of spoilers, but I mean, come on. Did, I, did, did anyone really not see it coming? Um, yes. <laughs> so... Did you enjoy Axton that we did last summer? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, it's a it, it's definitely a bad movie. Uh, I guess I would say, um, maybe I, I had a little bit of fun. Uh, you know, in, in terms of like watching it as a bad movie, because there were definitely times where I laughed, and you know, the characters are dumb, and you know, uh, so there, there's like enter- it's entertaining, I guess, a little bit in that way, but uh not enough for it to be like oh my god you know it was a laugh riot i loved it you know or anything so it's uh <laughs> i guess I, I got some mild enjoyment out of it but it's definitely not a good movie at all yeah yeah um <laughs> it sucks <laughs> let's be honest it just it does yeah um yeah like there's a lot of stupid i mean we will talk about the insane like levels of cast in this there's a lot of cast members in this that are like notable from either later was... or before and it's weird yeah i was like legitimately surprised going like this person's in that movie this movie okay yeah right. it, ha- it was happening to me repeatedly like someone had reminded me jack black was in it so i wasn't surprised at him um yeah yeah i was like like that was a shock to me like when i watched it, i was like what what are you doing here but, and it, it's not just jack black it's like jack black with dreads oh yeah 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 he's, he's like the <laughs> he's the pothead of the the, the, the island community yeah. um uh, so you have Jack Black, uh, you have Jeffrey Combs as like, the concierge of the mm-hmm. of the hotel, um, and Which, I'm like, Reanimator's yeah, I mean, in this. He's a <laughs> Herbert West is in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we obviously we all love Jeffrey Combs. He's a horror icon, but uh, he's definitely slumming it <laughs> a bit in this movie. You you, you think he'd, he'd maybe have like a little more clout uh, to do something else? And despite Tim not knowing who this was when I said I mentioned it to him, uh, John Hawks is in this. John Hawks has got a small role in this movie as Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend, who's in like two scenes. 
I don't. I, I still don't know who that is. You, you told me that's a person. Yeah, but... you, oh, you have a nice face. He's been in tons of stuff. I mean, right now he's in Tool to Die Young on Amazon, but he, he was in uh, the Sessions. Okay. He was in Me and You and Everyone We Know. Uh, he was. Uh, he's been in tons of stuff. Like, is like an indie guy then? He's done a lot of big indie stuff, but he's, he's had really big roles. He's in Winter's Bone, I, I think, as well, if I remember right, with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, but he's also okay. like a, a bit of a, a bit player where he'll do a lot of roles in like other stuff as a in a smaller role. Um, you know but, why I don't recognize him? Why? Because this is only horror movie. Where, where's the? Uh, you're rattling off these movies. Uh, that there's nothing with evil or blood in the title. <laughs> uh, uh, Martha, Marcy, May, uh, Marlene, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. He was in that. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm just I'm looking down his IMDb just now because look, he's, he's one of these. He's one of these actors who just pops up all over the place. Um, yeah, to be fair, I've definitely seen a lot of these movies, uh, so I, I, I guess, I guess he's good. But uh, yeah, I still uh, he hasn't earned my respect yet. Okay, Amer- American Gangster, Identity, um, Perfect Storm, Blue Street, some identity. <laughs> yeah, he's been a ton of stuff. A good streak. He was in the first Rush Hour, apparently. I don't remember him in that, but. Uh, fair enough. And mm. actually, for the record, he was in fact in one episode of the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He played a janitor in the episode "I Only Have Ooh. Eyes for You" in season two. Interesting. Okay. Well, do you want to get the other uh, connection out of the way then? <laughs> oh, I mean, TV show. I mean, the fact there was a photo of Sarah Michelle Gellar at one point that that Jeff yeah. Lafayette looks at and is like, "Oh, Buffy, I wish you were here, Buffy." <laughs> that's why that you know what's funny is uh how do you go <laughs> uh i'm sorry the, the internet like uh, dropped oh, for okay. a second there uh what th- that uh that scene actually made me laugh just because I, I was thinking about it and i was like this is a thing that only happens in movies right like where someone is feeling uh you know um they're like missing someone so they like hold a picture of them and touch it lightly like people don't really do that in real life, right? Like, have you ever missed like something and just been like, "Oh, like let me, let me touch this picture of you gently." Yeah, the, the touching I don't think really happens. The touching is very much a movie thing because it's like, "Oh, that's that shows how they're feeling in the moment," uh, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think now maybe you might miss someone and maybe you'll look at photos on your phone or something. But even then, I think it's kind of weird and creepy if you actually start touching it. Yeah. Also, I mean, just to clarify, she was a character in the first movie, uh, Sam Michelle Gellar, uh, who who died. And what's funny mm-hmm. is that I feel like uh, that movie just felt feels like bullshit because like, she's a vampire slayer. Well, well, she she wouldn't struggle with this idiot with a hook. Come on, yeah. she's, she's too good for this. No, 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 can't have it. Uh, in terms of other and casting, we- I just wanted to mention the bartender then- in the island is uh, Jennifer Esposito, who I think I knew from Spin City. I want to say. But I recognized her too. There was, there was oh. a lot of faces in this, uh, just from various things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what you say, Tim? I oh uh, well, then I was gonna say that it uh, just keeping on the Sarah Michelle Gellar thing. It, it's also kind of weird too because she, you know, in real life is married to Freddie Prince Jr. So uh, I don't know if you know when he was filming this if she was kind of like, you know, hey, what's the deal? Why am I not in this one? <laughs> Because she's dead. I mean, it's not, it's not that confusing, Tim. It's not that confusing. Yeah, but they they thought the killer was dead in the first one, and he came back. So why can't she? 
Well, the kill is supposed to be mysterious, and it's like, oh, he keeps surviving things. Like, it'd be weird for her to come back when the end of the first movie didn't, like, say, oh, it's, by the way, she did survive, actually. You know, she's... Oh, literally, like, two seconds ago, you were saying that it was weird that she died. And now you're saying it's weird that she'd come back? Make up your mind. I'm saying I'm saying it's weird that, she, like, the killer was able to even, like, stand a chance <laughs> against her. I'm not saying it's weird that she, <laughs> that she actually died from multiple stab wounds. <laughs> all right all right stick, stick with the program terry stick with the program uh so yeah <laughs> also this movie like is very dated and it's like a little bubble of when it came out um mm. and the moment they said this to me more than anything there's a lot of little things but it was uh when they're on the way to the island because they, they have a plane obviously to get to you know close to where they're going but they have to get a boat to the actual island um obviously the girls go up the front and do the king of the world from from titanic and i'm like yep this oh, is, yeah <laughs> this, this, is came, this came out a year after titanic and they're 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 doing it so there you go uh what, wonder how show. many people have died doing that because <laughs> you, you know some people have probably like tried to do it and like fallen off <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i could see that happening I don't think it'll be a high number, but I can see it happening like two or three times. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, if 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 that's happened to you, write in. Let us know. <laughs> what you don't want to know that? <laughs> is this an intentional joke where you realize you're asking a dead person to write in? Is that is that is that the joke here, Timmy? <laughs> Listen, I. I just say stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the joke is. I, I can't ask a question like that. <laughs> I because I, I I genuinely don't know if you're being really smart here, and the joke is is that you're asking someone who died to write in, or if you just forgot what you said already and have just stumbled into gold. I'm not sure. I'll tell you what. I'm really smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think for one of uh one of our streams we should uh we should each take the SATs and just get, like compare like how much bigger my scores than yours. Hey, you've taken the SATs before, I haven't. You've got an advantage. <laughs> SATs aren't a thing here. Um so mm. <laughs> what was that? Hmm. Uh, nothing <laughs> yeah, okay okay no. <laughs> um so yeah I, I guess that's it for spoiler free i mean i, I, mean, I, I guess like the general horror like fellow making is not great if I, at this point i want to mention the director because the director's mm-hmm. name came up danny cannon which sounds like a porn name <laughs> or a pirate name danny cannon came up and i went what i recognize that name. Yeah, that sounds like a porn title <laughs> Danny Cannon came up, um, but I I uh, I recognized the name and I went, "What do I know that name from?" This is bugging me, and it it was actually I made I made that porn joke I just made. I made that in another review, not in a streams review, uh, but on one of the Patreon bonuses for the Atomic Cinema Experiment or Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, we did the 1995's Judge Dread, and that was directed by Danny Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. So this guy's got some pedigree. Right. <laughs> He's got some pedigree. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll just say it now. I think Judge Dread '95 is a better movie than I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't think that's a ridiculous statement. Uh, people can can get angry if they want, yeah. but here we are. So, yeah, uh, is uh, so I guess before we go into spoilers, just uh, all joking aside, yeah, it's not a very good movie. Like the first one was already, you know, just like a blatant, you know, kind of lesser scream. Like you know, it's clearly. Uh, you know, in that same kind of vein, it kind of, you know, feels like it's trying to go after the same thing. And then this is just a even weaker sequel than the first. So, yeah, th- there isn't really anything that stands out about it. Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, I, I don't really know, like, much else of what, like, you can say about it. Like, I mean, I guess it's a little interesting switching up the location, but that's not like it, they really plays much with it with uh you know like all the storm stuff and and whatnot but yeah. i mean you know the characters are all very one note um you know the kills aren't really that good uh yeah I'll, <laughs> there I'll, really isn't much to it no a lot of you even see the the horror filmmaking is not good like it, it goes over the top of the editing sometimes and there's moments where like that might have been creepy if you hadn't put in mm-hmm. the, a giant sound effect to make sure i noticed someone walking in the background or you know because there's, there's, a moment early on when they're in a mm-hmm. club and and Jennifer Love Hewitt, like, thinks she sees the killer, like, standing. This is before anything actually happens. She just thinks she sees, like, the raincoat and the hat, uh, you know, over the, the side of the the club. And it does this thing where instead of just, like, showing it, it kind of, like, cuts in, like, like twice and, like, edits back and, like, does this flashy thing. It's, it's not quite what Saw would do, but it feels like it's on the way to, like, Saw's editing. Where it's, it's, over, it's overly doing the yeah. editing to try and make it feel like it's exciting, but it's not actually, like at all so uh yeah, yeah. so uh, and then it it and it's also one of those things too where like when it gets to the end like you know i think everything is supposed to be you know these big dramatic like twists and reveals and stuff but like i don't know it's just one of those things where i, I can't help but think like about the logistics of the plan like there's so much stuff that is just like uh there could have been a real e- like a much easier way <laughs> for you to do this like the some of the planning and stuff that would have went into it is just like kind of crazy yeah there's some really absurd like plot beats that we'll we'll get to so without further ado full spoilers for i still know what you did last summer and we we, we open like i actually you know the first thing i said when i saw this movie when i started this movie is you know it's a classy serious film when the opening shot is a statue of jesus crying in mary's arms and then you know the camera comes down and Jennifer Love Hewitt's in a church and she's got a confessional and it's so serious it's so dead serious it's like because I mean it's funny mm-hmm. thing, it's going after the same audience as Stream and even mm-hmm. hell and a little bit when she's walking away from class and Will the, the new love interest character who's kind of around uh, he comes up to try and talk to her on campus it actually reminded me a little bit of Stream 2 like it, it felt like they were trying to do a Stream 2 scene where they're on campus uh, oh definitely and it just but like it, it it takes itself so seriously the one thing that scream has going for it is that it's a lot more tongue-in-cheek it's got a lot more of a, a sense <laughs> of humor about what it's doing this movie is taking itself so dead seriously and it's full of these tropey yeah. moments uh this is a nightmare of course you know she, she ends up it turns out she's confessing to the uh the killer in her dream because she's like we killed a man last summer we knocked we knocked him down and you know blah blah, blah. and he's, he's like i know i know what you did last summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
And now uh, I, I did look up a little bit of trivia uh, for the movie, which uh, none of it was interesting. But uh, <laughs> one little bit I, I did pick out here is I guess um, they basically kind of played uh, this scene during the trailer. And some people are saying that there's two versions, uh, one where she's confessing all of this like to a therapist, like on a therapist couch. Uh, and then another where she is, uh, yeah, doing this in a confessional. Uh, and I guess for the you know final movie, obviously they went with this version. But um, yeah, mm, the, <laughs> there you go. I guess they, they had two different versions of the scene. Uh, real quick, just because you were talking about Scream and stuff. Uh, mm. So was was this written by the same guy that did Scream? Is it Kevin Williamson? Williamson son? Uh, no. Yeah. No. No. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I don't even think the first one was. Let me just go double check, but I don't think so. I don't know he actually he was he was uh he adapted the novel for the first in the first movie, so he did, he was involved in the first one, but he had nothing to do with the second one. Okay, okay, yeah, because I, I thought I saw his name somewhere and I I couldn't I didn't know if it exactly was this, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's very very obvious that they're going for a similar thing as Scream, but it's just like. You have none of the talent involved. Uh, you have none of like the you know intriguing premise. Um, you know the like there are good actors and stuff in here, but you know I don't think they're you know as good as some of the people uh, that you have in Scream. And obviously, uh, you know Danny Cannon ain't no Wes Craven, so it's just uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's a poorer version How on like every level. Dare you sully the name of Danny Cannon? How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's an auteur. I mean, actually, yeah. that, that, well, that, I mean, clearly, you're on your way. Yeah, I mean that that joke though that I'm making about him being an auteur. It kind of feeds me into like one of the, my main complaints. This is kind of about Sony as a studio as a whole. Is that a lot of the movies feel very kind of shallow and just there to make the money, right? And I know every every studio is trying to make money, but no. Sony, Sony especially, have this thing where a lot of the movies feel very uh, like a product. And this movie definitely feels like, no, we need a sequel a year later because it came out a year after the first one. And, you know, you don't get the impression that Jennifer Love Hewitt or Freddie Prince Jr. really cared or wanted to be in this. They were just offered paychecks to come and do this. Um, so here, they're here, right? And they're, they're going through the motions. It, you know, it feels like such a, you know, like there's so much pop music playing at various points in the movie. Um, yeah. It, it keeps trying to be cool. Uh, like a lot of the jokes are just about like uh, Brandy's boyfriend Tyrell wanting to have sex. Like everything about it just feels so <laughs> cookie cutter late nineties. We want to be a cool horror movie. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I need to know what the hell was going on with Tyrell. He <laughs> like it, it, can this man ever be happy? Like he like every line was just like him screaming at someone. It was like kind of insane. Like how just like much of an over-the-top character he was it's like it's one of those things that has, really makes you wonder like why is this woman dating him like all he talks about is wanting to have sex like including uh you're being very frustrated that he can't have sex in public because they're in like a hot tub where everyone keeps coming and joining them and he's <laughs> mad that he can't just like have sex out in the open uh and then, but yeah, like, even, like he's just constantly telling his friends to like quit bitching and, you know, this girlfriend, like, oh, how are we ever going to have sex with all of our friends around and stuff? It's a, uh, it's insane 
how like constantly angry he is. It, 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 it just feels like a movie trope to me. It feels like a nineties thing where the the guy has there has to be one guy character who just cares about nothing but sex, and that's what the oh, movie without you know, a doubt. And that's all he's doing throughout yeah. the whole movie. Um, so like. It, yeah. So anyway, so she wakes up from the nightmare, but she's actually not in bed. She's in class in in college, and she freaks out and leaves the wait, class. Wait, wait, wait. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I I hate to derail us even further. I swear we'll we'll get through this. But there's one last thing I got to bring up at the start of the movie. Okay. Uh, and it's gonna be a spoiler for the first movie, but technically, didn't the first movie die, or didn't it end basically with Jennifer Love Hewitt kind of? dying or us assuming that she was gonna die like didn't someone jump out of like a through glass at her or something like she was in the shower and someone and the killer jumped out at her again or that's the end of this movie i don't know did that happen in the first one as well i can't remember it's been a year time it's been a year i i'm pretty sure i think the last movie ended like you know she was you know in school or something now and basically she was in like a a shower or a changing room and i think like a killer literally bursted through like a stall or a wall or something because and the reason why i was thinking that is because like yeah this movie also ends on like the same note where there's like one final jump scare i I have to okay if i'm going to try and explain it just before i check if it actually happened which it sounds like it did i think you're right but I was, if I was to guess, I would say that the point of this dream sequence is to explain that ending. Is that that, that was just a dream? That she, makes sense. She keeps yeah. having these dreams where he attacks her, so that's all that ending was. Um, and and for the record, let me state that I do not care because I <laughs> I am not trying to put that much thought into this movie. I just wanted to bring it up. No, you're right. A year later, Julie is in college in Boston, and she enters the shower. She notices the words "I still know" in the mirror. Moments later, the f- fisherman ca- ca- crashes through and Julie screams in horror. So, Joe, it's funny about this. I love yeah. the idea that after this episode <laughs> goes up, there's going to be people who find our reviews and watch these two back to back, and they're going to be frustrated that I can't remember the end of the first movie, but it's been a year. <laughs> it's forgettable as hey, shit. I don't uh, remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's forgettable, and hey, guess what? We watch a lot of movies. We do. We do watch a lot of movies. <laughs> you, uh, you freaking <laughs> you podcast like every half hour <laughs> about something <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so so she wakes up in class welcomes out after her after she runs out and so i was going to i was ready to call call ray which is a uh, fred prince jr a dick right because he kind of mm-hmm. shows up at her dorm uh, or apartment building, whatever it is, right after... Because her apartment looks far too... It's not a dorm room, right? It's, she has a proper apartment that she roommates with with, uh, oh, yeah. uh, with Brandy. Um, who I, I keep I keep uh, having to hold back and not call her Moesha because that that's where I knew her from. <laughs> right. She, she was a sitcom yeah. uh, star. Um, but, she, you know, she um, comes in, he's there, and she's happy to see him. And he's like, uh, who's, uh, who's that guy? And she's like, oh, that's well, it's like, we're just friends, there's nothing to worry about. And he kind of like cracks a joke about how oh, every guy starts. But in his defense, right, he's been a bit of, out of context. If you just saw this scene and him reacting and saying, oh, you were, you were talking to a guy, right, he's been a complete, like, you know, uh, paranoid prick and he's been out of line. However, how, however, the final thing that happens with Will before she goes to the gate, and that's a clue what he's seen is that she says to Will, you are so good to me, and caresses his face. So I'm going to give him a bit of leeway here and say that that did look mighty suspicious. You know, it was not platonic friend contact. Yeah. 
Oh no, without a doubt. And uh, I mean, he he is right. I mean, Will Ben's son does like her, <laughs> like a. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's he's clearly trying. He's clearly trying, but like, huh. I I have to, I hate that I have to stick up from a little bit here. But the last thing he saw yeah. was literally her like caressing his cheek and saying, "Oh, you're so good to me, Will." I'm like. Well, I mean, if, if I was dating someone and saw them do that, I would be, I would kind of freak out a little bit. <laughs> like it would, it would make me question yeah. things. Yeah, and I mean, in all fairness, you know, if you, when these young couples, you know, when they graduate and they go off to different colleges or, or whatever, they're far apart. Like you gotta, you know, you, you gotta let your wings fly a little bit. You know, they, you know, do some experimenting, go out, uh, date around. You know, you're you're too young. You don't want to be tied down to this, you know, dude back home. Like, you know, she should be, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think she should be so uh, beholden to this guy. It doesn't. I, I don't know. I, I feel like young romances, from my uh, uh, expertise, <laughs> usually don't work out. So I, I don't like to see the, these young people making these kind of mistakes. I feel like you're joking here because I, I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> believe that you don't think that any couple coming out of high school can just stay together and be happy. <laughs> that definitely I, I mean that definitely happens. I, I think it's a lot uh more rare than the opposite though. Like sure. I, I I don't know many couples that were like, you know, high school sweethearts that are still around. Like me and the my wife were talking about the other day how, you know, she was saying like everyone she knows that got married right away after like high school or college is getting divorced now, which is Oh yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. That, that adds up. But I mean, I have friends who are getting married who have been together since high school, uh, and they didn't get married right after, but they've been together the whole time. Well, la dee da. It happens. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Yeah, but in your country, there's like what 25 people though. <laughs> it's like it's a little more <laughs> limited. <laughs> oh, you're such a prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes, and all 25 of us enjoy free healthcare. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> So, um, what was I, was I going to say? Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, I hate to stick up for him, but in this series, he's almost a little justified to be kind of like suspicious and jealous or whatever. Um, so, but he gets mad at her though. He gets mad at her and because she doesn't want to come home and go spend 4th of July weekend with him uh, in the town. Uh, she, she doesn't really want to go back to that town because all the bad things that happened. And he gets frustrated and storms off. <laughs> So why don't you want to come back to the city where all our friends died? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, like, so so unreasonable. He's not. He's not very understanding. For some reason, he's determined to go back to town. Why he didn't just stay with her here, I don't know. Uh, really, but right, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think he says something like, "Oh, I don't have to still do work. I've got fishing season or or, or whatever." Um, but whatever. He gets mad. He gets pissy. Um, and then later Brandy's like, you know, after she has like a weird scare because Brandy's in the house at night time and she's like, I'm working, oh, yeah. you know, cause, cause there's a scene where Jennifer Love Hewitt's like going through the house and it's dark and she gets scared and she ends up like just going to sleep instead. And then with jeans on, might I add, um, mm. <laughs> under her covers. And then Brandy like gives her a fright and is like, Hey, uh, I'm working at the club tonight. You're going, mm. uh, you're coming out and she doesn't want to. Um, which, by the way, I actually did. I felt a little bit weird with with Brandy's character, her relationship with with uh, Julie, uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, because her her whole thing, this whole movie, and don't get me wrong, some of it feels well intentioned. It's like, no, you need to like get over Rafe. He's going to be like this and be with someone, mm-hmm. but she's so forceful about pushing Will on her, 
And then on top of that, at one point in the movie, she literally says, uh, uh, I think it's in the, this uh, nightclub scene. Um, she, she, or is it later? I don't know. Is that this scene or later at the, at the, at the hotel? But she says to her boyfriend, uh, Tyrell, you know, ask Julie to dance. And Julie says, no. And Randy turns and says, no means yes. And, and like, sort of, you know, you know, forces them all to dance. And I'm like, and obviously that's not really that mm. severe, but that line has connotations, certainly now. And, oh, like, yeah. like yeah. The, the whole the whole movie, she's, like, up until, like, the violence starts, I suppose, but everything before that, she mm. is just forcing Julie into these situations. And it's like, mm. yeah, on the surface, like, you're saying she has to go on vacation, she has to like, try and get over the boyfriend that may not be right for her. Like, the, the, the core reasons behind everything seem okay, but she's also not listening to Julie at all about what she's going through, why she feels the way she does. Mm. You know, her saying she's not ready to be around people. And she literally sees her freak out in, like, multiple public spaces and doesn't think, oh, maybe I should <laughs> yeah. stop pushing her into these situations she's clearly not ready for. I just thought... Yeah. Uh, what I find kind of crazy about it is, uh, I, I know at least a couple of times during the movie, she, you know, basically says to her, like, hey, I'm your best friend. Like, uh, you know, and she kind of kind of keeps, like, restating that, like, uh, again and again. And But it's like, how long have you known her? Like what like a year at least i guess because like obviously she wasn't in the first movie which would have been you know really weird if they were best friends but they didn't you know uh she wasn't in the first movie at all uh so i I think it just seems like they have like a or at least brandy is making it seem like they have like a weirdly close relationship for people that um you know probably haven't known each other that long yeah 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 I, i guess she's got a new best friend in the last year so they're all close yeah and the roommates and 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 whatnot um she she moves on quick because it's just like you know i feel like uh, all your you know like best friends died like about a year ago and you're already like completely moved on <laughs> like there's there's like really no instances of like or at least not that many of her like dealing with trauma the only the only time she i guess really has like the freakouts is when she sees like you know, like these messages and stuff from the killer. But to mm. be fair, it's like there is a killer stalking them, and she's seeing all these things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose if I was trying to like add some logic to it, and this doesn't really work that well, but they were estranged from each other for like a year before they died. Remember, because like they, they had them, they had them one summer, and then a year went past where they clearly drifted apart. Because oh right, when they came back, sure, yeah, uh, they were yeah, all kind that, of awkward. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it should still probably affect her, but I'll just. And it is a factor. It's just a factor, and not in the ways that necessarily make sense. Um, yeah. So anyway, they go up the next morning after she has a freak out in the nightclub, and they get called. Uh, she 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 calls Ray uh, after this, but uh, they get called by the radio station and they're like, "Hey, what is the capital of Brazil?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm not sure. Rio de Janeiro." And they're like, "Rio, baby." And yeah, <laughs> so like they win this prize. And I couldn't have told you off the top of my head what the capital of Brazil was, but I knew this was the wrong answer. Because um, mm-hmm. uh, I remembered the plot beat later on <laughs> where it turns out the answer was wrong the whole time. Although I actually looked up at curiosity. Rio de Janeiro was actually the capital of Brazil for a long time. It was only in the, the 60s or whatever that it changed mm-hmm. to... Uh, I mean, still, though, it's been 30 years by this point, at least. Uh, yeah. That, that, that was Brasilia. Um, but... 
so yeah, and she calls Ray, and Ray for some reason says, no, he's too busy working, and John Hawks is like, what are you talking about? We've not been busy at all. And he's like, ah, you know, I've been mm-hmm. thinking of marrying her, and he's got, got a ring. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, well, don't, don't call her until you're coming, surprise her. And all I could think was, but you only, you said to her you maybe would try to make it, and I'm like, the second you're not there on time, I mean, we see her later waiting as long as she can, admittedly, but like, you know, he could, if he was running like five minutes late, and then like Will shows up in the car, oh, this is awkward, what do we do here? Brandy, you better tell Will to piss off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just a thought. But anyway, so they're going to the, the Bahamas. Um, So they decide to drive. On the way, the killer sets a trap, knowing that Ray's driving to Boston, and uh, ambushes him. Um. I felt like Ray jumped to like extreme danger mode really quickly here because he gets out of the car, he goes up, his guilt can't let him not try and help because someone's been run over, uh, and he goes up and he turns the body <laughs> over and it's a mannequin, and he immediately just turns and screams like, get out of the car! Like, he just, he jumps to, there's a killer again. He, you know, there's, there's no moment of, what is this? Yeah. What's going on? He just he immediately jumps to, no, the killer's back. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's the thing. And now, uh, I forget if this really happened a lot in the first one, but uh, one of my immediate things is like, uh, you have a killer with a very, very, you know, clear motivation. You know, he, he's trying to get after these kids that ran him over or whatever. Uh, but then he kills so many other people that had like no involvement in that whatsoever. Uh, yeah, he killed a couple of people that had no involvement. This movie, he's just like killing everyone who's around in the island, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to to get to Julie. But it, yeah, but it starts with uh, uh Ray's friend, right? Like uh, he like hooks him through the car. Yeah, I mean, at least with this, I get that he's just in the same scene as him, so he's just killing him first because he's there and convenient. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean you're right. Uh, and Ray's whole subplot in this is bizarre, like. He's in the hospital and like the cops are like talking to the, the doctor or whatever outside and then they hear like like a scream from a nurse or whatever and they run back into his room and he's like escaped out the window. He actually jailbreaks out of the hospital. <laughs> he goes to a pawn shop, pawns his ring. In fact, this is another actor I recognize. The the pawn shop guy is Flash from Batman Begins uh, and was also in Memento. Uh, so, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just another little one, not a big one, but you know, more faces popping mm-hmm. up. Uh, and he gets a gun, yeah. and then he actually steals a boat uh, and and drives, <laughs> drive or sails to the island himself. What I didn't get though is how he actually gets, because because he gets because it's, it's the boatman that we see that takes the couples over, right? He's like the ferryman who actually takes them over, mm-hmm. and he we see him go to this guy on the mainland and say, "Hey, I'm taking your boat," and you know, at gunpoint or whatever. And I'm like, "Yeah, but they had to fly here. Like, did he drive like all the way, like?" that's what i wasn't sure about like i didn't know if he like flew to miami or something and then got on the boat or just somehow drove all the way down there it it didn't seem very clear yeah it was really confusing to me uh like how how he how he got there but the movie wasn't really interested but the whole yeah that's the weird thing about this movie he's there's so little of him in it because he's just got this little subplot of trying to get there uh that he's he's kind of a non non non-entity in the in the thing itself Mm -hmm so he's like the mom from like home alone or something like occasionally yeah, it just cuts yeah, back to him <laughs> yeah he's, he's basically on the plane going kevin you know that, that's his moment <laughs> uh duh, dear 
Um, so, you know, I, I... Yeah, like, so, so yeah, back to the couples. We talked about them in the boat. There's a weird joke here where um, Will's, like, really airsick uh, and uh, Tyrell's, oh, some folks just don't know how to fly. And then they're on the boat and Tyrell gets seasick and Will's, like, some folks just don't know how to, how to sail. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it, just bad humour. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, stuff like that that's just, like... All right, I guess I see what you're doing, but this isn't really funny. <laughs> and I'm like, you're still not making me like these characters at all. Yeah, um, I, like everything when they arrive on the island is just kind of like, look at all everything tropical. There's all these people in bikinis. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, Jack Black is introduced. We meet like, there's the you know again, tempted humor. There's there's the uh, the the porter dude who puts on the accent. He's like. Hey, you know, I, I, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't do the accent, but he's like, "Hey, yeah, everyone, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the island." And but then, like, the, the boatman talks to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I need to do the accent for the tourist man." Like, you know, like you know, this, he's just yeah. So it's, it's all these really like really typical generic jokes. Um, you know, they do karaoke, which you know, again, that was one of those things you mentioned. Her memories came flooding back, like when she started mm-hmm. singing. I remembered this scene, and the the, the text and the karaoke machine changed to "I yeah. still know what you did last <laughs> summer" or whatever. And, um, uh, and I think there was like a big joke here, which because, um, uh, you know, she's like going up to sing or whatever. And I think the bartender says uh, like, oh, everyone wants to be a singer. And I think at this time, Jennifer Love Hewitt was tr- like maybe releasing singles or a CD or something. That's because uh, I. Yeah. Because because I think like I, I remember seeing this trailer and that was like supposed to be like a big laugh line. Like, oh, get it. Because she's, you know, trying to be a pop star now. Like. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't really hold up to the the test of time. <laughs> and it's worth mentioning as well that she, as she's doing this, she's kind of like pointing at Will, and like stroking his face, and like mm. I get that, like, like Ray didn't show up, and I, I get that, but like I don't, I just ever, like I feel like she keeps like flirting with the idea of actually doing something with Will, without it ever really leading to anything. And then even when it turns out he's the killer, there's never really like, oh my god, I was with you, or oh my god, like yeah. I, I have to like apologize to Ray or oh my like, I feel like the movie just kind of glosses over this. It's like it's such a big plot point at the start that 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 uh Carla really wants her to like be with Will and it just it never like I don't know. It's weird. It, it's it's like she's given up and she is willing to do it the way she talks to him and like you know kind of dances here at him and stuff. But yeah. nothing either hap neither happens or does she kind of address it in a way where she feels disgusted because it turns out you know because we're in spoilers now so yeah he turns out to be like yeah. one of the killers um he's ben's son ah <laughs> uh, well ben's son he's ben's son yeah 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 <laughs> It's so funny, like, I, I like that he tries to say it, like, when he does that reveal, he's like, don't you get it, Ben's son, I'm Ben's son, but it's like, it, it's still a common last name, it's not like, when we I first know. heard it, anyone would have been like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's so stupid. Um, you can see the writers the, the, patting themselves on the back, they're like, oh, we were smart with this. Yeah, it, it actually feels more like the writer coming into the movie and saying, hey, this is a clever, right? <laughs> As opposed <laughs> to the actual character. <laughs> it's yeah. also funny to, uh, you know, imagine during this karaoke scene, so she's singing the song and then all of a sudden, you know, she turns and looks at the lyrics on the screen and they change to, I know what you did last summer. Uh, it, it's just really funny the way, like just seeing it on a karaoke machine and then also 
Um, Everyone has to I, be I guess... looking away at the exact moment where it happens. Yeah, but then you also got to like factor in. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how karaoke machines work, but I guess uh, <laughs> in some way, either Will or Ben was able to sneak off and like program something into it. So, so yeah, number one, the 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 the, the screen is facing out to the crowd, and they just happen to all not be looking at it when it says this. Uh, yeah, because it would have made complete sense if it was actually not facing them, if it was like uh, sort of in front of the person singing, like on the stage, yeah. kind of thing. So they didn't oh, see it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as, as you say, like either this is the one karaoke machine I've ever heard of where you can live change the the lyrics <laughs> via like computer yeah. or something mid song, <laughs> or they knew what song was going to be picked and yeah. they they you know got it ready in advance. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know who. Like, I think it, I think it was Carla who picked the song. If, if Will was the one who picked the yeah, song, yeah. fair enough. Like he was, he was like, "Oh, I'm yeah. picking this because, you know." Uh, but yeah. no, um, so she freaks out. But it's like, "I will survive. I will survive." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and she does and survive. Then, to be fair, she she's it's, it's, it's a prophecy for the rest of the movie. She does in fact survive. Yeah, some good, good foreshadowing. <laughs> good foreshadowing. Oh dear. Um, so yeah, all the staff get killed off first before anything else happens, and they don't see anything. No one's around because it's the off season, so there's no other guests. Um, Jeffrey Combs is like this dickish like concierge who like just clearly hates everyone who walks into the hotel. He keeps telling people not to touch things or not to do anything. You know what? I'll say I, I love Jeffrey Combs, but he he's absolutely wasted here. Oh like, yeah. There's like there's uh. If you're going to have, like, you know, a big horror guy, like, obviously he's not, like, you know, Tom Cruise or anything, but, you know, he's definitely someone well-recognized in the horror community. If you're going to have him in the movie, I feel like he has to have more of a role. And he is just, his character, there's really no point to him. It's, yeah, he's, like, you know, a little pissy, but it doesn't really lead up to anything. And Well, it, it, it would be fine you know, if, if you got to see his death, because at least all the pissiness would lead up to, like, being satisfied that he's kind yeah. of killed. Uh, but you, sure. you don't see it. You, they open the door and he's already dead. Like it's you know that's how most of the deaths of the staff yeah. work. Uh, there's only one or two you actually kind of get to mm-hmm. see. Um, you know Jack Black gets killed pretty yeah. quickly. Uh, one of the maids gets killed. <laughs> um, the only one who doesn't early on is the bartender. Uh, she kind of sticks around for a while yeah. and gets killed later. Um, yeah, because you know the thing. But yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of like a time that passes where they don't know anything's happened. Julie's freaking out. She thinks she saw a dead body, and everyone kind of like, nah, you didn't see it. There's a, there's a lot of like victim denying going on here. Um, now, I mean, to be fair, yes, they did check the location. There was no dead body, so it does look a bit bad for her. But um, no, no one's willing to believe a damn thing she's saying. Um, and it's not until yeah. the guys find some dead bodies, and well, the girls are exercising, and then they try and go in the sauna. And like someone's padlocked her in. Well, I say someone. The killer's padlocked her in the sauna. Yeah. Um, not the right, sauna. So, sorry, the sunbed, not the sauna. The sunbed. Sun, yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my thing about the sunbed. It's all right. So I, I don't. Again, <laughs> I don't know exactly how they work, but um, I imagine that when you like, you know, turn it up or down, that you can't turn it up to a point where it's going to like, you know kill you or like you know burn your flesh or whatever like there has to be like more safety protocols or something in it like i'm sure if you stay in there for a super long time it's gonna be damaging but like you know the killer turns it up and like she instantly is like you know acts like she's dying 
even though she has no visible yeah, marks I, afterwards. I, I have never used a sun bed. I imagine it could be dangerous, but the, I am yeah. I imagine there are safety precautions. Like let's say I imagine like say at least something that should be on a sun bed. I imagine would be like the highest setting has like a time limit so that you can't do it for more than you know whatever's considered yeah. safe yeah. or or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of like how, like, you know, one of those those tropes is, in movies is that, like, people use nail guns like an actual gun, but a- actual yeah. nail gun, actual nail guns won't work unless you're pressing against something. It's a safety feature. Like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. like, uh, you can't just do that. So, um, yeah, but maybe we should d- redesign the safety precautions on these sunbeds, Tim, assuming this is, this is accurate, <laughs> which is a big assumption, yeah. I think. I mean, this, mm-hmm. you know. Did I, st- I still know what yeah. you did? Did, yeah. did I still did I still know what you did last <laughs> summer? Get anything right? Who knows? We'll find out maybe one day. Um, but yeah. I mean, uh, so it, bare, bare minimum though, like uh, if this was effective and you know she's all burnt up and stuff, shouldn't we see that? Like she gets out of the sauna, and she's completely fine. There's like no burn marks on her, whatever. It doesn't yeah. even look like she got a tan. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true, and she, you know, yeah. I, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is not really a good actress. At least nothing I've seen her in, she's been that good. Um, I don't think Fred uh, Prince Jr. is that yeah. good either. I think he's quite mopey and dopey the way he speaks. You know. Yeah, they're they're not great. I, I guess they're fine, like for what they do. You know, which is just kind of like you know the cheesy, you know, teen comedies or romances or whatever. But yeah, it doesn't really seem like they have like a ton of range. Um. Yeah, yeah. Like I always, cause I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. in this always comes across to me as someone who should be on a CW show. Like that's what he feels like. Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, I, I think Hewitt. What was her Ghostbusters show? Was that CW or was that like ABC or something? That may have been ABC. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Probably, yeah. probably one of something like that. I think it was ABC. Now I'm thinking about it, but it seemed it felt like something that could have been on CW. You know, it felt like yeah, it could have been. So you know, you, you, uh, honestly, that's part of the movie. Like once once they realize there's a killer and they're running around, they try to get like phones. The phones are down. They try to get the radio, but the the, the killers already like damaged the radio for the coast guard. So they're, they're isolated, which is the point of the, the, the setting, right? Is that they're completely isolated. And then you've got a storm. So later on, there's a lot of rain, and it adds some moon atmosphere. In theory, uh, and with a better director <laughs> and a better script, yeah, in theory, yeah, there should be a lot of atmosphere here, and that would work great. But as it is, it's like. I just I don't know it, everything about it's, this movie feels it's, like it's going through the motions. It's it's just doing the scenes yeah. it's expected to do, uh, and nothing else. Yeah, because like the idea of a slasher like on like you know a remote hotel like during a you know severe uh, hurricane or storm or whatever is actually like a pretty cool idea. Yeah, that sounds good. And, yeah, you could do, but yeah, like you said, there's just really this it's dull there's no nuance it just feels pretty flat <laughs> to it like it's yeah and i don't even need yeah. nuance i just need likable fun characters and good kills and if you do that i sure. I'd probably yeah, be a yeah. lot more into it and it doesn't have likable characters it doesn't have good kills um the most notable one is probably tyrell's death where they're, they go to the kitchen because he's hungry because that's the important thing right yeah. now whilst they're you know running for their <laughs> lives and there was a killer on the island yeah um he gets hooked like it's, it's, it's almost like a, i mean I, I guess spoilers for uh Deep Blue Sea here, which is a much better movie, might I add. Uh, but that's, yeah. that's almost felt like, you know, in the middle where you get the surprise death of uh, Samuel Jackson, where it's like, you think they're safe because they're, like, they're together in a room, but out of nowhere, the killer just kind of like jumps out and strikes. And that's it. 
Um, this is kind of that where the hook just kind of comes through his uh, through his face because the killer was like in the in the kitchen cabinet <laughs> above the cooker, um, which is you know and uh, yeah. And can we talk about the bad ninety eight CG of this hook because it's clearly not real. It's like this. Oh sure, fake hook <laughs> coming through his face. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it looks horrible. Uh, it's baffling how the killer can do any of this. Uh, also, like, yeah, again, I forget if we mentioned it in the first episode, but the hook, very bad weapon for a slasher. Because, like, it, it's kind of designed where you can't really just pull it out right away, you know? Yeah. Like, he he pulls it out with such ease, but no, like, the whole point of a hook is, like, you know, you get it in something, and then it, it's hooked on there. It, it, you know, the thing is stuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Le- Leatherface did not use a hook to kill people, but he did use hooks in his 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 post kidnapping and yeah. killing work because they were handy, they had a purpose, but yeah. not to kill them <laughs> themselves. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, so they run around. There's a whole sequence where uh, Brandy gets her foot stuck and she falls through the the the, the ceiling and lands in a bed and. Uh, you think she might be done for? Uh, uh, it's, it's almost a surprise at the end when it turns out she's alive. Like you think she might have been killed. Yeah, um, you know after after that whole sequence. Yeah, it's a uh, it's very surprising that she's never killed. Uh, to the point where it kind of gets boring because like you know at first the killer's chasing her and then that's you know what you want in a slasher that this is the exciting part, but then it feels like it goes on for so long and after a while when like you know he hasn't you know caught her or killed her you're just kind of like all right i mean do something at at this point either she's surviving or you're gonna kill her like it's it feels so drawn out yeah i I think part of it is that they expect people to think that there's no way julie's dying at least until the end so we'll we'll, we'll go after the other people first because they might actually be seen as vulnerable they might die um but they overuse it so much that it just yeah it's just kind of dull um it also it's, and it's not well shot obviously it's, it's not like suspenseful it's just it's very yeah. lots of loud music telling you when the jump scares are or not even jump scares just like just loud noises like as he's chasing it's like da, 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 da. <laughs> you know <sighs> and there's also like a lot of like real stupid uh like mistakes and stuff like you know she's uh at one point kind of has to walk across uh this uh i guess like a what do you call it like a, a terranium or uh atrium or whatever mm. like uh that has like this glass ceiling and when you're watching it it's like all right so probably don't walk on the glass part <laughs> and then she's stepping on the glass part and then you're like all right well at least don't put both feet on the same glass tile <laughs> and then she puts both feet on the same tile and it's like well of course it's gonna c- cave in like you idiot like what, <laughs> like yeah what are you doing there's a very strategic method here of you know you know upping your chances where only half your weight's on yeah. each panel yeah um yeah i don't I, it's just full of these dumb little moments it's it's like I say, there's a lot of like questionable, like you know, Freddie Prince Jr. getting to the island just feels so like what? Um, the killers be able to plan this whole trip is what? The killer hiding in a cabinet in the kitchen, like knowing they're going to be in there, is just like what? Because it's not like this is a thing that he could have get into the back of when he realizes they're in there. This is just a cabinet he's hiding in, uh, waiting for them. Like they'll come to the kitchen eventually. I'll just hide in here, you know? Yeah. Um, it's the sort of stuff you just make it's like when people joke about slasher movies and say they're stupid this is the sort of shit they make fun of and this movie's full of them it's like just made it's just full of the stupid things yeah and then uh, there's a really 
with um, this one guy. I think it was Estes was his name. Where oh the old you know, guy at, at yeah, first yeah, yeah. they think he's the yeah they think he's a killer because uh, they find like you know uh, the stuff the stuff he's stolen from them in his room with all this like candles and voodoo symbols and stuff but no it turns out he was uh, you know trying to use protection spells to help them yes protection uh, spells um because yeah. <laughs> earlier on in the movie like they say how they won the competition and like you know i think brandy goes real baby and then later on like yeah. uh, he, when he comes in to see julie he sort of walks up to her uh, he's looking at a globe and he walks up to her, goes uh brasilia is the capital of brazil um so <laughs> she sticks up for him he, he gets killed almost immediately like the killer again just kind of pops out of nowhere in a room full of people and i think what's frustrating about this <laughs> is that they're running from him and stuff and i'm like there's enough of you at this point, there's like four of you at this point, that could tackle him. Mm-hmm. He's only got a hook. It's not like he's got a shotgun in his hand. Like, Oh yeah, well, well that was my thought when he, you know, kills Tyrell in the kitchen, because uh, again, he has, you know, the hook in his head. It's going to take him at least, you know, some time to pull that back out. Uh, it sucks that your friend just died, but at this point, why doesn't everyone grab him, throw him to the floor, you know, throw their weight on him or something? Like, yeah. It, you, you got the numbers you know he he's not like uh he doesn't feel like an intimidating invincible figure like you know leatherface or michael myers or something it's, he's just like a dude in like a a wet uh what do you call it a uh raincoat, raincoat yeah. yes i mean because yeah. that's the thing like michael myers even like wouldn't do this but at least with him like he would always single people out and get them separated before he attacks. Yeah. That was kind of his thing. And the few times where he came up against a group of people at the same time, he, that was typically at the end of the movie when he got got, or like he'd have to retreat, or like even him and he's like more of a supernatural being <laughs> than than this idiot. But no, this idiot yeah. like everyone's like so scared of him they don't even try and gang up on him <laughs> when they've got a chance. It's really weird. Um, I just I don't know madness, absolute madness. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. Anyway, so uh, the bartender gets killed. I don't even remember how to be honest. It's kind of escaped my, my so, mind. Uh, so I think the the older gentleman Estes comes out, and you know they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" or whatever. And then they realize that he has like a spear or something through his chest. Mm. And then the he base. Well, fall, no, I think he falls on her. You're right. Yeah, he falls on her, and then yeah. the killer just drives it through her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so at this point, uh, they split up a few times. Uh, Julie ends up with Will, and she's like checking for blood on his stomach, and he's like, because because there's like one red herring scene where you think that uh, the Saint Estes is the killer because he hits William or he hits sorry, not William, sorry Billy. Oh, not Billy. Will. Will, yes. Yeah. God, I forget his name. Uh, this movie just did a number on me, clearly. Uh, but Will um, gets hit by him, he gets knocked out by him, and you think, oh, maybe that's, you know, revealing that he's the killer or, or whatever. Um, and Will's like, oh, it's not my blood. And she's like, what? He's like, it's not my blood, Julie. And he goes into, he's not been a good actor the whole movie, he's always been kind of off, but this scene, he hams it up so much, he is ridiculously awful. He's like, what's your favourite radio station, Jilly? And he starts doing the radio voice, and he's just so over the top and silly. He drags her out to um, a cemetery that's out here, because what the one yeah. the one plot point we, fi- we find out is that his dad actually, before he went back to the, the fishing town, did work here for a long time and enough that his grave is out here 
Um, yeah. So, so, so Will drags her out here, and then the killer shows up, and they're all like, this grace for you, Julie, and like, you know, so on and so on. But then, of course, Fred Finch Jr. has sailed to the island on his own in a storm, and he's got his gun, and they, they, yeah, uh, basically, <laughs> at one point, Julie dives out of the way, and he, the hook man hooks his own son. He gets really angry, and then <laughs> yeah, it was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets shot and goes into the grave, and yeah, that's that's basically it. Then, <laughs> yeah, at first, Freddie Prince Jr. tries to shoot him, but the gun's not working, and then you know gets knocked aside, and then Julie ends up picking it up and shoots him like a billion times. Uh, which uh, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, what? Uh, so I, I guess they're saying like the safety was on or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's stupid. You know, what's kind of funny too is like, uh, all right. So I, you know, now I, I guess presumably, um, you know, we're, we're led to think that Will, uh, uh, you know, paid for everyone's tickets and everything. But like, you know what if they decided not to take him like like you know he, he's he must have been like placing a lot of money on like mm-hmm. all right uh so give him four tickets so they'll, they'll probably take me <laughs> like, well, like what if they were just like oh no we're uh <laughs> yeah we're, we're taking I, I, I hate people. to defend it but if the plan was to always intercept ray when he was driving to the town then they knew he was never going to make it so mm-hmm. i guess they, they, they were guaranteeing that he wasn't going to go true yeah but i mean still you don't you never know like you know brandy for all you know we know she could have been like you know what uh my family always wanted to go to the bahamas yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna take my mom and my brother <laughs> so like oh, god damn it yeah yeah and that, that <laughs> the totally... radio station calls back oh we forgot to mention you have to bring your best friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of, a lot of bullshit obviously the movie basically ends here that you know like the, the, the helicopter from the coast guard's coming brandy's revealed to be alive and they'll hug um and then we get the scene like sometime later, maybe a year later, whatever it is, and they're living together. They seem to be married, and he's brushing his teeth. He's uh, that's almost like a product placement for a for the electric toothbrush because he, he saw using the electric that's toothbrush, <laughs> and he's like, "I love this thing," and then he keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, "What? <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, they, what's this scene?" It, it, yeah, it's really weird. Like, it w- I guess it would have made sense if, like, you know, it was a running gag in the movie that she was like, "Oh, you don't brush your teeth enough," or something like that, but. I don't know where it is. Just kind of weird. That's a weird scene. Uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if they were new at that time. Maybe I have no idea. I feel like they were around for a while before then. But anyway, the killer's under yeah. her bed, dra- grabs her feet, and like pulls her under. You know, bullshit jump scare to end the movie, it, mimicking exactly how the first movie ended. Of course. Yeah. So I mean, why does he have to pull her under the bed? <laughs> Because that's just a horror trope. Like that, that that's the, yeah. like there's so many things in this movie. Why does he do this? Why does he do that? And the answer to every single one is because it's a horror trope that's happened in something else. Yeah. So they want to do it, even though it makes no sense for him specifically to, to try and do this. Yeah. <laughs> that happens over and uh, over again. Oh my god, it's the worst. Yeah. Really dumb. Uh and yeah, it's just uh, so much stupid like logistics things to think about like at least it's something in scream like once the killer is revealed and they kind of talk about their plan and stuff it makes you think about the movie and like a new light of being like oh say so they were the ones that did this and they would have been here when that happened or whatever with this it's just like 
oh, so wait, then how did you do that thing? And, and why were you here? And man, how much like effort you must have like and money you must have spent on this. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's just strange <laughs> to like think about all that stuff. Yeah, the kills suck. I mean, I, I hate to say this. It's, it's weird to say this, but the first movie is better. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> it's still a really bad yeah. movie, but this, this one is is worse oh and and also don't they like mirror like that big scene from the first one like you know the first movie where like she freaks out and she just like starts screaming in the middle of the street like like we're right here come get us like they do like the same exact scene in this movie like at, at one point when she's in the grave uh graveyard i think she just starts screaming like you know up into the trees <laughs> i have to admit i don't actually really remember that scene in the first movie but uh, yes i yeah, that, it was. I, again, I feel like it was like a. It's burned into my brain because I feel like it must have been in the trailer or something. Sure, but sure. you know, she's like freaking out and like yelling, like, "Yeah, what are you waiting for? We're right here!" And then it's so weird that like they do the exact same scene here. Like it's almost like her catchphrase or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's your, it's your traditional like beat for beat remake. Although I, I guess the one big difference between it is that there's no like investigation mystery because you know, a, a lot of the first movie it was them like trying to figure out who the guy was was and whose family was yeah. there was a lot of kind of detect like amateur detectiving going on which is a big part of that movie this movie doesn't have that at all like that is just gone so it, it it's just uh they're on the island it t- it's actually it's quite well it's, it's the movie's 100 minutes it's an hour 40 uh which is too long and like it's it's not until the hour mark where they really become like a properly aware that there's a killer um like as, yeah. in, as in the whole group so there's a long time of like just like them on the island and like the jacuzzi jokes or the you know hang out with will today tyrell i don't want to hang out with him i want to hang out with you and you know <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of those scenes happening throughout the movie um yeah I, yeah it sucks <laughs> there we go that's just that's that's what i've got for you <sighs> yeah that's what yeah. i've got for you uh, I still know what he did last summer is is a is a, a, a is a corporate product churned out very quickly because the first movie made enough money, and it feels it. It just it feels so soulless and just lacking any like. No one working on this movie was passionate or cared about it. It was just we have to churn this out, um, yeah. and this is what we got. You know what I just remembered too, and I th- I'm pretty sure I brought this up in the first review as well. But like the the other like guy character in the first movie, I also remember him being like overly angry at everything as well. Oh yeah, Ryan Phillippe's character, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that, it's funny. Like they they even feel like they need to get like the same like type of character. Like uh, uh, they, everything feels very similar when it's, uh, but in a <laughs> stupid, boring, dull way. Yeah uh so i guess i'll ask him to rate the movie then uh out of 10 i mean there really isn't that much to like uh you know even a dumb movie at least if it has good kills you know because you know with horror like you can sometimes give stuff a little more leeway at least if the gore or something is good but you know uh, the kills in this are you know i feel like most of them you barely see and then if you do see it yeah they're not very good at all uh the most I can say is like, um, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, there were definitely parts that I laughed at, at, you know, some of the, the yeah. tropiness and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I'll give it that, that there is like, 
you know, some funny moments in a, you know, bad way, but still can't really give him a very high score. So they're just going to go with a, a straight three. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm going to go with a three out of 10 as well. I, that, that's what I was feeling. I'm actually just checking to see what I gave the first one. I gave the first one a three as well, uh, which, <laughs> which means that I kind of have to go a little bit lower, actually. Maybe, maybe, okay. maybe it was a 3.5 because I, I can't do the 0.5s on letterbox so yeah. it may have been a 3.5 um yeah i'll still just give it a three it's, it's like the thing is is that it's still like a, a, a because it has a budget because the studio is behind it it's, it's not quite in that one and two territory it just isn't sure. quite yeah. that horrendously scarring me for life how bad it is but it's it is the bottom of the corporate barrel in terms of just filmmaking that means nothing yeah it just it feels like a product that was churned out in a factory and it has no soul so <laughs> uh that that'd be my summation of i still know what you did last summer and maybe next summer we'll do i always always know what you did last summer which i have never seen before i never saw the directed video third one i i feel like i i probably haven't seen it but i mean who knows maybe i'll be surprised again <laughs> you'll be like oh wait i do remember this oh no <laughs> oh no uh so there you go that is that is the movie um that is i, I still know what we did last summer um so yeah uh, obviously you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash tv if you want to support us over there you can do it for as little as one dollar per month and you get bonuses you get a bonus episode of screams after many every month exclusively on patreon at the one dollar tier all, that's all you need to spend is one dollar a month and you get access to the extra episode as well as extra episodes uh, of of the atomic cinema experiment or sci-fi movie podcast and a couple other bonuses as well um, but of course there's the voting rates at the five dollar tier there's stuff higher up uh go over there and of course we are working towards a goal um to start a monthly live stream called streams after midnight uh <laughs> with me and tim uh we will do that if we hit 250 on on patreon mm -hmm. so uh go over if you want to contribute to that uh to, you know and everyone will get that stream but you know pa mm -hmm. patreon has to hit that goal and, and maintain it to continue it so uh mm -hmm. go and have a look uh you can support us in other ways as well though of course by liking subscribing letting us know in the comments what you thought rate the podcast on your podcast app you know apple Podcasts or whatever it is you're using five stars gives a nice review helps more people find us so you can do that um get us on twitter at screams midnight uh mm -hmm. for ramblings and updates and bad jokes from tim uh <laughs> so, people love my jokes uh well <laughs> there's a there's dozens of you yes yes <laughs> dozens that was a, an arrested development joke for anyone who didn't get it um so you can go and check us out on twitter uh but is that us did i did i pl pr promote everything i mean i guess other shows i mentioned the sci-fi movie podcast sure. but uh check out uh our tv reviews and check out our comic book podcast comics from the multiverse if you're in comics um but yeah uh that's us we made we made it, Tim. We made it through another bad movie. Uh, <laughs> who knows what's coming next time? I don't. But oh, I do. <laughs> we'll find out. You do? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll say I'm very excited for our uh, uh, Patreon pick that we're doing oh, this month that we'll be recording next yes, weekend. Yes. Okay. I do actually don't. Well, when I said when I said I don't know what's coming next, I, I meant for the audience because they don't necessarily go up in the order we record them in. That's true. Uh, so I yeah I was aware of what we were recording next because I know full 
Um, but anyway, uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys. And we will see you next time.